Welcome to the Garden of Belonging, a podcast that explores how we can more fully belong to ourselves. I'm your host, Kim K. Gray, a writer, life coach, homeschooling mom, and fellow human on this journey. Here in the Garden of Belonging, all of us belongs. Here we tend to all those parts we've hidden in hopes of fitting in, bringing forth the beauty that is our fullest selves. Let us journey together to more compassion for who we truly are and more courage to be that person. Hello, welcome back. Uh, Today, I hope you'll enjoy my conversation with Elizabeth Russell. Elizabeth is a social artist, dedicated witch, and joyful earthling. For over 25 years, she has been generating creative processes to inspire radical engagement with the living cosmos. For many years, she owned and operated the Bee Space Expressive Arts and Community Space and produced the annual Life Art Being Integrative Arts Festival in Portland, Oregon. She now lives in Eugene, Oregon, and is the creator of the Dream Fruit Interactive Almanac for Radical Belonging. I hope you'll enjoy our conversation. We talk about her Dream Fruit Almanac, Radical Belonging, our need for enchantment, reciprocity, um, just a really, really fun conversation, and I hope you'll enjoy it. Hi, Elizabeth. Thank you for joining me on the Garden of Belonging. It is my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Yes, of course. So this season is, the theme that I've chosen is Bloom Bravely. And I wonder when I say those words, what comes up for you? What does it mean for you? And how does it show up in your life? And what does it mean in your life? I mean, I have to be honest. It's so, it's such a beautiful phrase that the first thing I think of is, a, is my garden. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to not go there um, right away. But I think, which of course, we are all tending our own inner garden. So yeah, that blooming bravely just speaks to me about being who we are. Um, for and my personal frame of reference for that is really just, you know, showing up in my truth and in my sense of purpose and taking some uncomfortable risks in order to do that, which is kind of an inevitable part of that journey. Mm-hmm. And that's why I really appreciate what you're, you know, that you're putting brave into that, you know, blooming is, is, is fun and sweet. Uh, (laughs) And, but there's something about blooming bravely that tells me that we're actually talking about a deep purpose. Um, I can, I can be shiny and show up with all kinds of, you know, fun tricks in the world and do good games. Um, But uh, to really show up in my truth, it does take, that courage. And I I really appreciate that naming of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that, um, to be our like full and most truest self takes some courage. So that's one of the big pieces that I wanted to talk about. So was there a time when you felt like you were kind of holding back or hiding a part of yourself, um, and not, blooming bravely and what like what was that like and how did how how did you find a way to support yourself through that so that you could come to more full expression well when I when I think about it uh, that question I think um 
for me, the way that's shown up is about times that I have felt out of integrity mm. um, and not, not necessarily hiding like in a conscious way, but really uh, feeling and living in the tension between like the perceived expectations or perceived norms for who I should, should be, or, you know, am expected or ways I am expected to, or believe that I'm expected to show up in the world. Um, and times that I felt really out of integrity with myself are times that I've been really attempting to fill some perceived norm or expectation and so that's shown up so many ways in my life I don't think I'm the only one that I could go on I mean like it's just a, I feel like my life story is a litany of all the ways that I've like lived into the, like that tension yeah um between I, and I keep saying perceived expectation because who knows right sure well, sure you know, uh, that tension between what I believe to be expected of me and what is actually my integrity. Um, and, you know, I think what has made a difference for me is just, there's just been so many, I, I think that there's a lot of different situations. I, I'll speak globally uh, for the, the the way that I've seen that theme run through my life is in work. Um, I have, uh, more than, more than I care to remember more times, um, taken positions and taken jobs because it felt like the way to stabilize my life or to advance my career or to be of, uh, service in the world. Um, and, I've learned over each, each of these cycles, and you'll help me if I don't explain this well, but each of these cycles where I put myself in a position where I think this is a good, this is a round hole for my round peg, um, <laughs> I find that I'm actually not in integrity. Um, more often than not, I, the tension of trying to be what I believe is expected of me through the lens of a job um, has become really painful for me. Mm -hmm. There was, uh, and I, I know I'm really being vague here and I, I'll get there, but I'm just thinking of so many jobs at once that are coming <laughs> to mind. But the, one of the more recent ones uh, in the last, I think maybe it was 10 years ago, I, I had this lovely position working with fabulous people doing meaningful work. And it was challenging and demanding of my skills. I, it was kind of like the perfect, and it paid like it was a normal job mm -hmm. um and for somebody you know it, until you know me you, you know you can't really understand like how a normal job is like this really kind of holy grail for me like I just want to be normal like the other kids and have like a straight <laughs> job with a paycheck and health benefits and so I and I had this position and uh and it was probably two years in that I could feel that eroding of, uh, of integrity. And I felt more and more like the weight of what I had been doing, which was attempting to fill this mold that I imagined to be there or that was there. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Until finally, and I said to my partner, I said, you know, I feel like I might be dying inside. And 
the way he recorded that is far more dire than the way it, <laughs> it was dire. I, yeah. I, it was, it felt like soul death. Yeah. It really, I felt like something inside of me was literally suffocating and I, I kind of would prefer to die. I wasn't suicidal or anything that extreme, but it, it was, it was extreme in the sense that my whole assignment that I feel, you know, like under underpins my existence, <laughs> it was like epic like that, um, was at stake. Mm-hmm. And there was no rational way to, to have it make sense to walk away from that job. And I had, I walked away from the job. I, I just couldn't do it. And I, with no safety net. And that's the thing that keeps coming up is how we have to take these uncomfortable. We, I had to take this uncomfortable risk and I keep doing it. Um, no safety net. There aren't any guarantees when we want to be in our true purpose. Yeah. And what a beautiful example of that courage, right? Of having to be brave and take that step to stay in your integrity. And I love that you brought up that word integrity because I think that's that's really the key there, right? Is being able to stay true to yourself in that way. Um, and I don't know, if did you have the experience when you made the decision to take that job where there was, you could feel the tension there or was it really later that you realized you were out of in- integrity? It was a little bit later. And I think yeah. it was because I was so hopeful. Mm. And this goes back to this yearning to belong. Yeah. You know, and so I felt excited and hopeful um, that maybe, maybe this would be a match. Yeah. It would meet that desire to belong in, in, in the conventional way. Um, and hopefully (laughs) allow me to use my skills and to do good work in the world. And, you know, like I, I was still kind of, I gave myself the fantasy that it could be both. Mm -hmm. And so it did take a little while before I, before I understood that for me, it couldn't be. Yeah. 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 And sometimes those situations can be challenging for us because we think like, we can think that there's a failure there, but I think it's just like opportunity for growth, right? You can, you make decisions and you move forward and you might find out that it's not quite right. And you just, it's an opportunity to shift like you did to walk away and find something new and try again. Right. Um, so, yeah. 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 That language of failure is, is really interesting and just how we, I think that it's part of our social conversations that if something isn't eternal, that it somehow has failed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I, I see myself or I, I've come to know myself as kind of a multi-passionate person. Yeah. And so I've had a lot of judgment about okay, I like learned to teach Pilates and I was a Pilates teacher. And then I stopped doing that and I went to massage school, but then I didn't use that in like sort of this series of like trainings and jobs that I've done that I've not stuck with. Mm -hmm. And so there's this judgment of like, gosh, Kim, can you just find something to do and stick with it? But 
what I'm learning is that that's just who I am. I'm a person who follows these interests for a little while and they just, they build for my own growth and my own becoming. And it's just part of me and it's not a failure that I've not stuck with one of those. It's just part of the process. It's like successional blooming, isn't it? Yeah. There it is. That's some brave blooming right there. It's like again and again, I bloom into something new. Like when we do plant, we want, mm. first we want the, the daffodils and then we want the tulips and then we want the, and eventually we get to the dahlias and, the, <laughs> you know, I mean, right. So mm-hmm. maybe there's a little bit of that. I love yeah. that. Be passionate. How wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, that, that you just made me think too of like my blueberry bush and how, you know, it was at first is this tiny little bush with like maybe two blueberries, you know, and then each year it just gets a little bit more like this year. I'm looking at it going, we are going to have so many blueberries. I can't <laughs> wait. Oh, I wish for you is many, many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you've created this almanac called Dream Fruit which I have and is lovely. And I wondered if you would share a bit with us about it and how it can support us to be ourselves and to bloom bravely. Oh, I'm so, thank you. I, yeah. Um, so dream fruit is really intended to be this integrative almanac and I, uh, that pulls in a few different layers of what I think of as radical belonging. Um, And so the book itself is based on lunar cycles. It's an an interactive almanac um, that invites us to um, connect with the natural cycles of the moon and and also just the seasons. And Mm -hmm. that by itself is a big piece of returning to belongingness, Um, one of the things for me I, I, that I've lived with, um, you know, I, I didn't have, I didn't grow up with a conventional, um, you know, family uh, system. I had a lot of, you know, brokenness and dysfunction and um, was, you know, lived alone pretty early on um, and found a deeper connection with things that were more reliable for me, like mm-hmm. the moon. Mm-hmm. And so this has become a big piece for me, a through line of ways to feel a deeper connection beyond you know, what's generally available as far as bonding and uh, relatedness. And so this deeper interrelatedness that's available to all of us is this connection with nature with and so starting with something as observable and immediate as lunar cycles um is uh, for me just feels a like a really accessible path in uh to something that is a, is there for all of us and so dream fruit is built around that and then also uh it locks into the generative imagination and um my sense is that our faculty of imagination is underutilized or misdirected more often than not Mm. and that what we actually have is a brilliant tool for communicating with the greater um, uh, the greater intelligence whether it's our own 
unconscious through our dreamscapes um, or our ability to consider consciousness of forest, um, voice of tree. Uh, so there are these dreams that are written um, and woven through dream fruit. And so for each lunation, there is a story, a story told from the, from the perspective of the future mm -hmm. that gives us an idea of how we can move forward through the landscape of now and arrive on the other side of some of the very real challenges that are available <laughs> in our in our contemporary situation. Um, so yeah, that's those are some of the underlying hopes that Dream Fruit is wanting to provide. But as an almanac, it's just it's just a sweetheart. I I, I have been loving it so much. There's something about bringing the imagination in that has a quality of um, whimsy or mm. uh, just a magical alliance um, that brings the whole self into the into the journey. I'm a planner geek and so to have a planner <laughs> that isn't just a grid with the standard yeah. issue January through December, here are your black lines on white paper boxes and now go make your life. This feels more curvy and more delicious and more enticing and um, in, engages a broader spectrum of my psyche in mm -hmm. my day-to-day -day planning. And so that's what Dream Fruit hopefully does for others. Um, so far, so good. It seems like people are really responding to it well. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I love how it, it, you know, like you were saying, you have this like oh, the planner idea of just this like grid of dates and you filling in the plan. And I like how it invites you to pause in various places, you know, and you have like some prompts in there to think about, you know, and each lunar cycle has, um, I'm forgetting the exact invitations, but like, you know, pieces of gratitude, you know, just, it just invites you to connect in with yourself in a way that you wouldn't with just like a plain old planner, right? Like you, when you're working your tasks and your, your schedules, your events for the, for the next month. Um, it just really invites us pause in like that connection to imagination. I like that as well. It's very, it's very enchanting. You know, I think we've lost a little bit of that um, connection to imagination and enchantment and story um, in our very kind of linear, scientific, rational culture that we're in. And um, there's so much that we can get from, from connecting to that piece of us, I think. You know, I think I tend to learn more about myself when I'm in that imaginative space than I am just like in a more rational space. Yeah, yeah, I love, I love that you're bringing in that enchantment piece. Isn't that so much of what is missing and what I think we are yearning for is the re re-enchantment of the world of our lives of you know and it's not it's it's not a tough reach it's all around us I mean we mm -hmm. truly truly live in a paradise <laughs> and we have so pruned the perceptual uh, tools of our of our minds uh, back so far that we actually aren't able to see it as often or as clearly for what it is. But mm -hmm. yeah, I really wanted with Dream Fruit to have that that space 
for musing and, you know, so that balance between the personal journey and, you know, a, a more universal situation like this is the date. It is May, mm-hmm. you know, like those kinds of that finding that way to to be able to muse and doodle and, and ponder and have ritual invitations to ritual each month without, you know, pushing it too far into prescriptive um, acts, activities, uh, and also not leaving it so open that we don't remember that there's natural intelligence surrounding us and there are pathways to reconnect with that Mm -hmm. and that it actually it wants us back earth wants us back (laughs) yeah (laughs) just ask gravity (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know and there's another piece that i think that i feel as i read through it you know and as i come to each of the stories and things is there's this invitation to a collective um connection as well into like what we can build for all of us as we move forward that I feel is part of dream fruit um yeah that was a really big thank you I'm so here again I'm thrilled to hear that that is translating it was a really big deal again planner nerd here so I over and over again how am I supposed to be making plans in this very personal way without holding the context in mind. Mm -hmm. And so to create a planner that actually presences the real world context so that the, the, you know, and each month we do this, the invitation is to kind of do this elements of belonging kind of ritual, or simply, you know, process through these questions. And, you know, we have this, we kind of, it's a cultural inheritance from maybe from the new age movement that launched in earnest in the eighties and nineties. And um, where we kind of go through these cycles and we identify our power days. And then we say, I have my intention. And then we make our wish or whatever. We want to manifest it. And we use the law of attraction to do it. And again, no problem with any of that. However, uh, then we kind of reach the end of that cycle and we say, thank you for the cookie. May I have another? And we forget to give back in that Mm -hmm. cycle. And so many of the, you know, kind of commercially available planners do use these really wonderful, kind of powerful, magical principles of co-creation, uh, but they 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 use them <laughs> without acknowledgement of this context that we find ourselves in. The world is is in this upheaval mm-hmm. because humans have forgotten we belong to it. Yeah, and there's a missing reciprocity. Thank you. Oh, perfect. There's a missing reciprocity. <laughs> And so can we get to the end of the lunar cycle and say, I am so thankful for this. And because I am strengthened by it, I make this offer, this commitment. Uh, so we're, we become generous with the world mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than extractive. Yeah. 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 They definitely need more, than, more of that. So thank you for inviting us into that. Mm-hmm. So you talk about dream fruit as a tool for radical belonging. Can you tell us more about what those words mean to you and how it can support us to be our whole selves? Yeah. Um, 
So when I think of radical belonging, I know I mentioned earlier about my relationship with the moon and, you know, these ways that I was able to anchor myself uh, early in life. And I think that the belonging piece is a very universal desire for humans. We just want to belong. And it brings comfort and security and, um, and re- yeah, that sense of relatedness and recognition and mutuality and all those things are available to us, certainly through human, you know, social structures and, and there, but when we go deeper even than that, beyond the human world, um, we find that there's still the same belongingness available. It's a, it's a deeper, more radical belonging. And so our ecological selves, um, can, you know, and want to awaken to their, to our fundamental interrelatedness with the greater than human world. And so that's the invitation to radical belonging. It's how do we, how do we awaken our, our ecological consciousness, our, and and the way that this, why this matters, even on the, on the personal level, obviously it matters on the global level, that we be acting on behalf of um, not only ourselves, but ourselves with, Um, but on the personal level, what I think is made available when we get this radical belonging kind of stirred in ourselves is our core purpose is fundamentally intertwined with the vitality of Gaia. I just believe that that each of us is a part of the dance. I mean, we're, think of the forest again and see how the forest is not trees. We know this. Mm-hmm. The forest is a, a, a dance of relationships. Mm-hmm. Every single thing in that forest, every entity is living in its purpose. And because of it, the forest thrives. And because of it also, part of that thriving is a humming a humming of joyful purpose, of spirited intent. And that's available to each of us on our personal path. And in our, when we think about our soul path, it's not a mental thing. I mean, I mentioned earlier, like my, my experience of blooming bravely is very much about like, I can't actually do what I, my mind thinks are the perceived Mm. expectations better that I, you know, return to seek this kind of humming internal place where I'm actually in deep purpose, in deep relatedness. Um, and, and I, in any relationship, we can't actually show up and have it, expect it to be healthy unless we are being honest with who, ourselves about who we are, what we need in order to thrive um, and what we have to offer, whether it's, you know, pretty or not, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is, it's ours to give. So I feel like re- the journey of radical belonging is, is very much about, you know, awakening into our, our sole purpose, our fundamental ecological task of um, relationship. And um, by that, then circulating, allowing life force to circulate through us. Mm-hmm. And 
kind of opening up that ecosystem more and not being a part of the problem <laughs> of, yeah. of clogging the ecosystems relationships. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, and the other thing that I, that I feel from what you're saying is this sense of innate worthiness mm. because we are inherently a piece of all of, of all of that. Like we do radically belong. And when we realize that, then we realize how innately worthy we are, you know, cause I think there's that piece of the belonging where like, we want to matter, right? Like we just want to matter. And so how do I fit in so that I matter? But what you're talking about is this knowledge that like, you already matter. You matter because you are, because you were created. And, and then from that, you can better understand what, you know, the purpose that you are serving and what is your work in the world or, um, you know, not necessarily have to be like something you get paid for or whatever, but what thing are you here to contribute back to the collective? Um, and that piece I think is so healing for many of us who are just looking for that wanting to matter. <laughs> well, and don't you think that, I, I don't know. I mean, it seems like, it seems like the call for that, for each of us to, to answer that call, I guess, is, it's just becoming louder and louder. I mean, we more and more urgent, mm -hmm. how miraculous that our deepest longing is actually met by the greatest hunger could could we just ask for anything better than that <laughs> <laughs> the hunger is for us to be like filling our longingness right with belonging you know to <laughs> yeah. to be showing up in that way is absolute food for the world yeah the way you just said that stopped me for a minute that belonging, uh, sort of being in longing. I don't know. There's something about that that just sort of blew my mind for a second there. I was like, wait. <laughs> it's a powerful word, belonging. Yeah. I, I, I think it's quite a, quite a potent thing to consider. And uh, yeah, to, to <laughs> I do, uh, me too. <laughs> Yeah, I just have to sit with that for a bit. <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, so another tool that you talk about is deep imagination. Can you tell us more about what that is and what it, what you see it doing for us? Yeah, I, I got this message. Um, it kind of just like a download or something. You know how we get sometimes just these big like pieces that feel like our building blocks for worldview. Mm -hmm. And I got this one, nature speaks to us through the deep imagination. And it, you know, it just kind of, I wrote it up on my whiteboard and I had it on my whiteboard for like a year and then it was really hard to erase, you know, how that happened. Right. <laughs> but I had it up there for a long time because I was like, oh, that's so, that's deep. That's true. And what? What, yeah. what does it mean? 
but it's actually is true. And I've been testing this theory. Does, does it, is it exactly the case? Yes, actually, when I am, you know, part of the, for me, part of the game has been to, you know, build my communication lines between me and the more than human world. I just feel like so much of the, the sustenance um, that I've received in my life and guidance and grace has been through, uh, through non-human pathways. Um, whether it's just the support of a tree um, and a, the friendliness of that, or, you know, the sun rising and feeling it on my face, whatever it is. Uh, but to find a way to actually be in more direct communication with the this intelligence that is so sustaining. Um, so when I got this sentence, this declaration that nature speaks to us through the deep imagination, I I wanted to really investigate it. And so looking at imagination, we have to be really attentive to that, right? Imagination can look like a lot of different things. And uh, so I, that's why we talk about deep imagination or generative imagination. This isn't about fantasy. It's not about, um, you know, escaping into some kind of dreamy, uh, un, unconnected, you know, mm -hmm. out, out there spacey place. Uh, uh, the deep imagination, the generative imagination links into the language of soul, uh, the language of the unconscious, like I mentioned earlier with our dreams. Um, and yes, the, the language of nature. Mm -hmm. um, so for us to find our pathway back to radical belonging, listening to those parts of ourselves and, and our extended self, um, the ecological self, um, is absolutely a piece of it that uh, if we can if we can rest the imagination back from you know the ways that it kind of has been hijacked mm -hmm. um, and I I had a friend say to me this I was having a conversation about imagination with her and she said yes this is the commitment I have made to my children I am the guardian of your imagination and I just was so moved by that. And I feel like, how am I the guardian of my own? Um, I have a glittering screen. Uh, I have many glittering screens that, you know, want my, my attention. But more than that, they, they want my imagination. You know, like, how, what is the story I'm imagining um, playing out in the world? Can I imagine something better? Mm. Uh, Caroline Casey, who's a visionary activist, she has a great radio show. She says, um, the imagination lays tracks for the reality train. Mm. So we were able to, can we dream something better? Can we, you know, kind of imagine forward and uh, as a way of healing our world? Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm thinking about when I, when I put that in there. Yeah. Oh, that's powerful. And I'm seeing that real difference between like imagining ourselves out of this world, you know, into these fantasy sort of things rather than imagining ourselves like fully in it, but in a new generative way. Yeah. 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 And so much of that is to let ourselves consider the agency and intelligence of non-human presence, right? let ourselves have the conversation with the tree, let ourselves, um, you know, feel an interactive delight with a flower, 
Mm. right? Like just to see a mutual um, response there, you know, and those kinds of things that let the world, yeah, that re-enchant our world so that then we want to be in service to it. Yeah. You know, when we're able to communicate or at least connect with our, extend our imagination into the world that way, we probably want to act on its behalf. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And we need that. (laughs) Don't we? Very much. (laughs) Yeah. Is there anything else about blooming bravely that you feel like needs to be said? You know, I was thinking about this. I, I feel like one of the most, um, one of the parts that, that just shouldn't, yeah, that shouldn't go unspoken is the vulnerability and, Mm -hmm. and suffering, um, (laughs) that comes with these uncomfortable risks. Um, it's, it's, you can grab, you know, any book off of a, I mean, there's whole sections in bookstores that will tell you to just, you know, just open yourself, you know, joy, (laughs) J-O-Y, just open yourself, Um, just, or, you know, you can be what you dream yourself to be, or you can create, and we absolutely have to add that other part of it, you know, it's uncomfortable, and it's risky, and it's terrifying, and it's that vulnerability, and Brene Brown talks about I love that phrase of the vulnerability hangover. Yeah. And we, we're setting ourselves up for, you know, having our lives kind of wrecked um, in order to bloom more honestly and genuinely. Um, and that's not, I don't mean to say, you know, marriages end, children, you know, right. away from home, you know, the house goes not like that, but our perception of who we are might need to dissolve you know mm-hmm. um so there is that breakage I, I just feel like it's important to acknowledge that that there's a and I still I live in this cycle of you know risk vulnerability and you know self-criticism and you know self and then that then invariably leads to self-honesty that then mm-hmm. invariably leads back to you know deepening purpose and restoring my my relationship to that core uh, love that drives me and you know beginning again and taking uncomfortable risks and (laughs) vulnerability and the terror and (laughs) self-criticism it's a mess it's messy business I just wanted to acknowledge that (laughs) yeah yeah thank you for saying that and I think it is important to make space for the grief or the pain that comes up there and all the more important to have these tools in place to support us you know, and getting back to nature, I think that the cycles of nature can show, can teach us so much about how to manage those cycles in ourselves as well. And sort of the, there's a trustworthiness, right? Mm-hmm. That like after winter comes spring and there's never been a winter where there wasn't a spring after. So there's a trust there in that there will be a spring after our winter as well. Mm. Might be a long winter, might be hard winter, but there will be a spring. Mm. That is beautiful. Yeah. Where are the supports and that that's always there for us as a support. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
So one of the reasons that I like to do this podcast and do interviews with people is I just love sharing the work that other people are doing that I find is wonderful in the world. And so I wondered if there was anyone whose work you've found especially supportive that you want to give a shout out to. Mm. Well, for me, I mean, Joanna Macy's work, um, and we want to acknowledge that she's, you know, a seed teacher um, of the work that reconnects. Um, and, and the work that reconnects has arisen and continues to be sustained by a community of people. But Joanna's work and teachings have been a bedrock to me uh, for almost my entire adult life. So um, her, the work that reconnects is a body of uh, work that originally began as grief and grief and empowerment, grief, despair and empowerment um, work, um, finding a way to return us to our inherent you know, biophilic state so that we can act on behalf of the world. And so, yeah, it's, it's all about Joanna Macy all the time for me. <laughs> she just had her 90th birthday, I think last, oh. last year. And we had a big online virtual celebration, which was just a joy um, to see all the ways that she has um, really shaped our world and will continue to inform our, our, our actions. Um, whole, whole communities, whole circles of people That's acting. Wonderful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I'll look that up and put a link in the show notes too, so the other folks can look into her work. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for this conversation today. It was, it was a gift. It's a real joy for me. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me in the Garden of Belonging. I'm so grateful you've chosen to spend your precious time with me. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like, subscribe, and tell friends about it. Your efforts support me in reaching more people. Be sure to also check the show notes for ways to connect further with me and my guests. Until next time, I'm wishing you trust in your inherent belonging.